Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. Welcome to our first podcast, The Fashion Academics, with me, Laura Arrowsmith, and my co-host, Sophie Johnson. Hello! We are so excited to finally be doing this. We are two fashion academics based in Birmingham, and we have known each other for 12 years. Yes, we have indeed. We're very excited to be recording today. Um, I'm just going to tell you a little bit how this podcast is going to run. We have three key segments that we will um, go to every week. Uh, We will have In the Know, which is going to be lots about fashion business and debate. We're going to have Get to Know, which will have lots of fantastic industry guests from the fashion industry that are going to be live to talk to you. And then we also have Like to Know, which is where we're going to put a brand or a product right in the spotlight for you, our listeners. So this week's Get to Know is all about us. Um, So I am Sophie Johnson. I am a lecturer in fashion business, Uh, previously worked in PR, have my own PR agency, and I'm currently doing my PhD in fashion PR and crisis management. And I am Laura Arrowsmith. I'm also a lecturer um, in fashion business and promotion. Um, I have previous experience in marketing, running customer-facing campaigns. So this is probably our favourite part of the podcast. This is going to be the in the know section that we're going to go to every week to talk about the latest fashion news, business news and retail news. And this is where we'll, you know, throw in some controversial opinions and say what we really think. And we might even have a debate and disagree. So this week's topic is all going to be about the reopening of retail. Okay, so there's obviously lots of uh, rumours about how retail and businesses are going to be supported through the new budget. From the 12th of April. From the 12th of April um, as retail starts to reopen. And I think it's just, a, it's, I mean, it's a huge topic and it's it's interesting, you know, to um, to think around you know, what's going to happen for the future of the high street, what's going to happen for these fashion retailers that have been closed so long. I mean, in my opinion, I'm going to be controversial here already. I don't think that all fashion retailers should have closed. I understand, you know, there's really? this yeah, well, there's this idea like of essential like retailer. Who? Well, let's take Primark for example. My yeah, but you brand. are a Primark advocate. If if Primark did influencers, <laughs> I think they probably do. You would be one of them. I would be. She loves it. But my opinion on this is, who actually defines what's essential? You know, who actually says what is essential? So, but if you opened Primark. For your cotton pads, your pajamas, and your Disney, your Disney stuff, like why is that more important than I don't know your Joni jeans or you know Boots is still open and that's understandable because they have the pharmacy. Absolutely. So they're necessities, but I don't think having your Mickey Mouse pajamas is something that's the top of the criteria. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that on board, Lord. But I think also, <laughs> you know, as, as a as a value retailer, you know, we've been in a situation for quite a long time now where we've had many you know, we're on our third national lockdown, and it means that people haven't got the access to certain product. Sometimes online isn't as convenient as you would think. It's not instant. It's not tangible. You can't grab something. Think about a, a newborn baby or, you know, school shoes or the kind of, you know, sometimes fashion isn't an, a want. You know, you might want the latest designer bag. You might want the, you know, Disney pyjamas in my case from Primark. But actually sometimes fashion is an essential. You need shoes on your feet. You need a coat when it's cold. But I think what they're saying is we're not going out. We're not going to work like we are. So it's almost like 
strip everything back and look at what is yeah. a, a necessity. I hear what you're saying. You just want, <laughs> you just want new pajamas. Let's I do, it. I do, and I just think there's been, there was a lot of controversy anyway when um, you know some supermarkets were seen in the news um, closing their, their 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 clothing sections. Yeah, that was bad. I mean, no. if they're open anyway, keep everything open. It's it is that whole convenience factor, isn't it? And I think if you are going in for a loaf of bread and your milk, and you do want to pick up. For me, I guess the essentials is children's wear. So if you are Absolutely. a parent and you know your child is three months old, then throughout the pandemic, they're now six months old. They've grown out of their clothing, so that we would need make to fashion. Have, yeah, that would essential. make absolutely. So I understand it from that perspective, but I think in order to get you know a new a new pair of flip flops or pajama <laughs> bottom, it's not you know. Well, that would be lovely got. to have some flip flops to go on holiday. Oh, but yes, yeah, I do please. think there is a bit of a conversation around actually what is essential, and that's a really great example of clothing well I'm going to remove the word fashion uh, because we all need clothing we're all sat here you know in the studio wearing clothing now we can't leave the house without it and I just think sometimes you know I mean that's by the by because nothing we can do about it we've been shut for a long period of time um, I think it's actually be interesting to see what happens when the retail when retail does open it's going to go two ways there's going to be a huge influx of people wanting to actually get out and have the store experience mm-hmm. so many of my friends have said you know I miss the going to try things on I can't tell you I actually my partner jokes about this because he always says that my return rate is about 90% with online goods because I buy loads of stuff I could vouch for this <laughs> and then end up returning most of it because it just doesn't fit me probably because I'm five foot eight so you know things don't you know I need things longer and blah 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 mm-hmm. and I am actually really picky but obviously if you go into store you are less likely to return you can choose there and then but there's also the convenience of online, so it's really, really tricky. I'm I'm not going to be mad in a mad rush to go to the store where you are. I am. I'm happy that I can be really lazy. I can order things <laughs> that I want in the evening, watching TV, and have it arrive the next day or the day after. I like that convenience, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to significantly decrease when stores open. I think there will be an influx of people wanting to actually get out and about, but then I think it will die back down and we'll see more people going back to online. Yeah, I do have to agree with that. I mean, I was the person that booked a day off work last summer. Oh, um, <laughs> I did, it's a true story. Oh, um, the day that the shops open and I had um, some no. lovely shopping dates. You booked the day off work because Primark was reopening. That's why you did it. <laughs> Admit it, you wanted to go. Yeah, absolutely did. Um, and it was fantastic. Uh, and I probably probably will do I don't think I'd book a day off work but I am looking forward to going back to Primark but I think the reason that I'm looking forward to going back to Primark aside from the new Disney pajamas is the fact that that's the one store that isn't online yes, so it's the yeah, one yeah, store yeah. that store we haven't been able to access but I think if it was online it would be a completely different story yeah but because they're fast turnaround because it's fast fashion I guess they don't have the facilities or have the um, technical logistical think systemy things <laughs> systemy that things. shows you as soon as it's sold yeah, absolutely. Like the replenishing of it, so... And I think that's what's interesting. So, you know, last lockdown, uh, it was obviously kind of pushed upon us. It was really um, kind of just happened, didn't it? Um, so no one really had that time to prepare, and retail yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. didn't have that time to prepare. So, But I think what's happened this time is, um, obviously, uh, retailers have been able to adapt and have, you know, been um, really pushing on their click and collect services and things like that. So a lot of retailers are still open behind the scenes. They're mm. still, you know, you can still go and get your parcels from lots of different places. So are people going to go rush to go back to those stores because they've been able to access the product anyway? Yeah, yeah. Whereas Primark's the one that really, on the big one of the bigger retails on the high street where we haven't been able to access it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, 
I can see that happening too. But for, for me, it's like, what is the purpose of the high street now? Because it was dying anyway. It was being challenged. If, if I go back to my local town, you're seeing, not that this is a bad thing, I think it's brilliant to fully support them, but it's more charity shops, antique shops, that type of thing. We're losing those stores. Um, so what is the town, what are these towns going to be turned into? Is it going to be more bars, restaurants, hairdressers, or is it going to be turned into, um, I read a really good article the other day and it was about how stores are actually being developed to be residential and mm -hmm. care homes and things like that. So are we going to see that in the next, you know, two or three years? Absolutely. I think there's been lots of changes on the high street. Anyhow, if you, you know, like you said, if you look down any high street, a lot of those retailers are starting to disappear, which leads us quite nicely onto the topic of the Arcadia stores closing. You know, obviously yeah. for a while now we've started the to see... The one brand that didn't adapt. Uh, the, yeah, and, uh, and this is the thing as well. There's been a lot of conversation around certain retailers being victims of the pandemic. Mm, no, uh, I think sorry. me and you will agree on this topic that actually a lot of these retailers were, were struggling anyway and this has just kind of been um you know the straw that broke the camel's back yeah um, yeah we said we were saying this five years ago in our lectures we were saying to the students you know top shop five years time guys it's not going to be around it's going to go and they were like what are you mad we all work there like it's brilliant <laughs> we got our clothes there and we just said well if you look at their product they don't cater they only cater for a very small market i mean i'm sorry i'm over that age where i can't wear crop tops yes i wear the journey <laughs> jeans but the crop top belly out is like i'm past it and that's fine i'm okay with that that's not my issue the issue is is that they haven't adapted to their client basis i mean when you look at how consumers are now we're very much in the experience economy. We want to go out and we want things that, as sad as it is, Instagram-worthy content. Mm -hmm. And we want to have the latest technology. And because Topshop were key leaders, they could have done things where they had virtual try-ons. They could have had better in-store experiences. They could have really evolved with the times. And they didn't. Absolutely. And that's why they've fallen behind. And I think it's the same for Debenhams as well. Um, you know, we've just seen in Birmingham that John Lewis is shutting down a massive store. Millions and millions of pounds are set on that. But I just don't really think that those type of stores are working anymore. We want the experience. We want the latest technology. And I think because of Topshop's clientele, they needed that. Yeah, I agree. And I think consumer demands and consumer needs have changed. And I think there's this big need for kind of online communities to engage with your brand uh, and to connect with that brand as well. And I think that's been a big problem with brands like Topshop who have, have not moved on. And I'm going to say it, I think they've got kind of a very arrogant um, presence. Um, well, it's Philip Green, isn't it? I well, mean, come on. Absolutely. Where do we even start on that? That's a whole other podcast topic. Um, but yeah, and I just think, you know, brands have, uh, don't relate, uh, sorry, consumers don't relate to brands like Topshop anymore. No. Um, yeah, there's some much stronger players on the market now, a lot of kind of online fashion retailers that not, not only offer better prices, but also mm. offer that consumer experience through online. So, you know, there's, a, there's that tone of voice that comes through in all of their marketing and all the consumer-facing campaigns. Consistency and as well. Absolutely. Like, when I think about, um, I guess, marketing, I don't think of Topshop ever being at the forefront. You know, I don't see them targeting me. I don't see the sponsored post. No. I don't th see them... It just wasn't right. I mean... They did used to use celebrity endorsements like Kate Moss, but now that just wouldn't work. They tried it with Beyonce and Ivy Park, but still, it's just... It, I can understand how they've fallen. Yeah, absolutely, which is, which is a huge shame. But, you know, you've got new players now on the on the fashion market, and, you know, I've said it for a while that Boohoo 
uh, group will be the new um, Arcadia and they've got now a really interesting mm. array of brands but it'd just be really interesting with all these like kind of brand acquisitions and you know um, Topshop going to ASOS and lots of other brands going under the Boohoo group as to how that will affect the uh, the um, offline presence so like yeah. will yeah, stores yeah, yeah. stay open so you know is, is the whole will the move... stores turn into showrooms though rather than actual physical stores absolutely who knows I think the, like you said retail is going to look very different the high street's going to look incredibly different so you know with, with this whole idea of retail reopening I don't know if there is going to be this rush and I think this it's going to be a very different high street that we go back to um full stop um so yeah it'd be really interesting to see um how um the government are going to support yeah absolutely um, these well, brands. hopefully with this potential five billion pound budget will mm-hmm. support um these stores but I think what be really interesting is to understand how the small businesses are going to thrive out of this absolutely and i think the key is to really understand what the customer needs post pandemic yeah what are their needs and wants um and then build build their brand from that yeah absolutely and i think i think you're right in saying you know where is this money going to go it'd be really sad to see the brands that have been able to stay open mm. and uh, when i mean stay open i mean kind of still operate on a click and collect basis if they're going to take the help when they uh, their financial help when they don't necessarily need, need it. it yeah that's the thing i mean there's lots of controversy wasn't there around the first lockdown when victoria beckham um furloughed her staff yes. when she's selling handbags and products for thousands and thousands of pounds and you think and there's been, I can't remember, there's been a few luxury brands that have already handed back um, their furlough, oh, um, nice. which, you know, so they, they didn't actually need to do it. So I do hope to see the brands that have been able to operate and have been able to, you know, um, accelerate their digital presence and, and work on their, their online orders, click and collect and things like that, aren't kind of utilising the money. Like you said, it is the smaller brands, independent stores, maybe even like charity shops, There's lots of mm. areas of retail that haven't maybe had that support. And I understand that's, you know, with, with the budgets and things like this, it, you know, it's got to go a long way and support a lot of businesses. But I think it's, it needs to be looked at like on a priority basis. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, there is a place for retail. I still feel that. I mean, my parents aren't tech savvy. They like to have a mooch around the shops and that's fine. So I think it is understanding that it's it's that demographic. But I guess for the younger generation, um, we do need that that digital digital time. We need to be able to have yeah. things instantly. We're we're the consumers that don't like to wait. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, we definitely need that that gap bridge, don't we, between online um and offline. And I think that brings um us on to the idea of this um, online tax for for retailers. Um, there's obviously uh, been conversations around um, retailers that have obviously been able to continue their online activity and looking at how uh, the government are going to tax these retailers, which I think is actually, it is a really good initiative, I think, um, especially some of the retailers that have done, uh, you know, have made really a well. lot of money. Um, Amazon to name one, <laughs> but I'm, I also don't yeah. think it should be... It's the smaller brands that I exactly, yeah. struggle to... You know, I feel really sorry for because, do you know what, thinking of an idea and setting up a business is hard enough as it is. Mm-hmm. And especially in this in these times, you know, it's so competitive. So I want them to be supported. But I guess Amazon, who are absolutely massive, it's like, come on, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So I think they need to look at this idea of taxing some online retailers. I think, yeah, fantastic. But not the retailers that have kind of struggled or yeah maybe they can look at the kind of like overall income and um, their profits and saying well if it's x amount of money then you know you're okay keep going yeah and well done yeah because the government don't want to be seen to be punishing the brands that have been able to turn this around in the face of crisis anyway you know um you know retail and and fashion retailers definitely suffered as as a consequence as many industries have of the pandemic but actually i think it's it's 
punishing the right ones or I don't know what yeah. I say punish. Yeah, it's, it's really tricky, isn't it? It's like who who decides who who are the right people? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it was something like in order to pay back the money, the debt that we're in, it would be the whole of the UK salary. So oh. in order to get that money back through tax, everyone would if everybody gave up a hundred percent of their salary for a whole year, we'd pay off what we the debt we're in for well, COVID. So, so if we paid off if we everybody paid one percent extra tax, it would take us a hundred years to pay off COVID. Wow. So it's what are the government gonna do? Yeah, that's scary. And I think as I said, it goes back to the idea that fashion is a necessity. It's not always a want or need. It's one of the biggest industries yeah. in the world, uh, let alone I mean, it has in its the negatives UK. in terms of pollution and how it's damaging the environment and that other thing. But yeah, it is a necessity. I mean, it's good for mental health in terms of making people feel better. You know, if they look and feel good, it's going to lift their moods. Um, loads of different ways of how the fashion industry is incredible and how it supports so many people. Um, so it's going to be real in really interesting over the next couple of months to see how this is going to pan out. Yeah, absolutely, and to see to see the reaction of people going back out into into retail. I remember after the first lockdown, watching um, a live video on Facebook, and they started outside Selfridges, and Selfridges has set up all their kind of queuing um, systems and stuff oh, outside. Yes, I remember. Yeah, and then there's a video of the shutter going up, and there was not no a there. single customer. Yeah. Whereas if you flip to a few hours before at half past six. Um, you know, outside of the ball ring, there was a huge queue already for Primark. And yeah. I think that is a reflection of, of what people have missed. But you, um, can buy, you can buy everything on Selfridges online. And I guess because their price points, they're known as kind of, like, I guess, higher price points in terms of their products. Mm-hmm. It's That's not, a, that's a want where I guess Primark is more, well, you'd go there to buy children's clothing because they seem grow out of it. So it's cheaper, it's more accessible. Absolutely. They cater to a wider market. I mean, I always get my cotton buds from, cotton pads <laughs> from Selfridges, um, Primark, <laughs> because they're just cheap, yeah. you know? And it's just little things like that. And, oh, I need some socks and I need, I could do with some new pyjamas. I don't want to spend 50, 60 quid on them, but I can pick them up for like 15 quid. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. And that just, just go back, straight back round in a lovely circle to the fact that, you know, what is what parts of retail are essential and, you know, some elements of the fashion industry that, you know, things that you need to be able to access at a cheap yeah. price. You know, even if you compare Primark to some supermarkets, it's still a whole hell of a lot cheaper mm. some of that product. And I know supermarkets have stayed open for that for that reason when they have kept their their clothing available to the consumers. But Primark's even cheaper. And, you know, when people are struggling for money, as it is because of furlough yeah, and all those it. situations, yeah. a brand like Primark really does provide Cated that market absolutely yeah. so yeah it'll be really interesting april Ooh. the 12th what's the first uh, shop you're going to go to i absolutely hate to say that i'm saying this but it probably would be primark Yay. just because i like to have a mooch around um i don't know where else i would go because no. every, everywhere else that i shop mango zara it's all accessible online and i've always bought it online because the zara shopping experience is pretty horrific isn't it oh I, that's why i don't i love the product i love zara but the in-store experience is terrible so i only buy online um h&m i buy everything online now because it just sells out so quickly yeah but i guess if i'm just going for a mooch around which i think everybody will because they want to get out the house yeah. i probably have a little mooch around primark or probably but it's only because it's on that retail estate where there used to be top shop there's marks mm-hmm. and spencers you know so it would just be that just to kind of get out the house but i'm not desperate to go anywhere because mm-hmm. the shops that i always shop at i can get it delivered so it's not really affected me that way yeah 
Yeah, me too. I think definitely Primark would would be the shop for me. As I said, you know, I've been able to you know get stuff from Next, Matalan, anywhere yeah. that I've needed. So I haven't really missed. Oh, HomeSense. Home That's sense. where we'll yes. go. Yeah, I've missed HomeSense. I have missed HomeSense. Yeah, fair. So yeah, really looking forward to it. So today we're going to finish our podcast with our last section, which is like to know. And as we said right at the start, this is going to be putting like brands on in the spotlight or maybe influencers or, you know, things that we, you know, products that we're really excited about. So I'm going to start this one because Go my for it. absolute favourite product right now is, if I'm saying this right, the UD, the UD. Udi? I say you do. I say you do, but I could I'm be not wrong. Gonna lie. I've not heard. I didn't hear of this until you sent me a photo of me being like, <laughs> "Check me out. Look at my new purchase." Oh and I was like, "Oh, here God. we go." Yeah, I love this. I'm gonna go with Udi. Um, I yeah, that's that's just me. I'm sh- it might be Udi, but that doesn't really matter because the product is amazing. Apparently, it's the latest um fashion convert wear craze. Oh, it is indeed. So, um, if you haven't seen this brand before, do get your phones out and do have a look right away. Um, they are basically these huge, oversized, lined. Fleecy. Fleecy hoodies. Yeah. They are amazing. And they're based on, a, I think it's 6XL or something crazy like that. Um, so I had my first Snug, one. Snuggly. Very snuggly. I had my very first one. Um, you'll learn this about me quickly. Uh, and Laura, actually. We love our dogs. So we absolutely love our dogs. So much. I've got two little French bulldogs and a little frog who's a little cross Frenchie. And um, the reason I bought my first Udi um, is because I did a French bulldog print <laughs> one. So um, a lot of my friends that have got Frenchies were like, oh, we've got to get these Udis. So I brought one. Quite expensive, I think, for the product itself, but I think in terms of quality, and you'll soon realise with me, I'm all about the bargains. I, again, she is. She, I just don't know how she does it. She always finds the bargains. My bridesmaids are in £5 Primark dresses and they're going to look sensational, but that's a whole <laughs> other topic. <laughs> Wedding fashion, Laura, one day. Um, so I don't really spend a lot I spend a lot on clothes, but I am a bargain hunter. So for me to go off and spend, I mean, they are uh, RIP. They're eighty nine ninety nine or around ninety pound, um, but they they do do a lot of discounts sometimes. I think I bought my first one for around fifty quid. Oh my god! And obviously through lockdown and through it, the winter. Oh my god! I do. I absolutely do. Um, really oversized, really snugly. And I think, obviously, kind of bigger context of this is, like you said, it's COVID. It's that kind of trend in like loungewear, isn't it? Oh god! I mean. Prior to COVID, I didn't own a pair of joggers. I didn't. I know, it's, it's terrible, terrible. And now I own more, like, loungewear sets and joggers than I do jeans. Yeah. I actually put on jeans today and... It's horrible. I hate how it feels. It's awful. I just want to get back home in my joggers. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it'd be, it's a really interesting to have a conversation around um, around where loungewear is actually going to go and how it's going to change. Because, like you said, at the moment, we're all wearing loungewear. But actually... Is that now going to change? Am I going to am I going to bin my UD? I'm sure I won't be binning my UD. It's amazing, but I think as as life returns to normal, are we going to start to abandon some of these brands? Obviously, a lot of brands had to jump on the focus of loungewear and creating products, yeah. Yeah, exciting yeah. products to sell us um, while we're at home. Um, you know, so I think will that change? It, yeah, it's bound to. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how many people go fully back to work. And I don't mean back to work, but I mean not working from home. But I think we've realised that comfort is key. And when we're comfy, Absolutely. we're happy. We don't want to be wearing suits and smart clothes all the time. We want to be comfortable. And that's why, obviously, loungewear has taken off massively. Um, but I think we might see people dressing 
less smart when they go back to work. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at London, everybody wears trainers all the time. That's just the norm. You wear dresses, you wear your trousers, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that kind of comes back into the rest of the UK. Yeah, like you said, I think it's a really interesting conversation there around workwear and what we're expected to work, to wear to work, um, and how much, like you said, will we return to normal, you know? Mm. How much will we be in versus sitting at home in, in Udis? And I think it's that acceptability now, like, that you can be on a Teams call at work and you could be in, like, a loungewear set. Um, like you said, it's all about comfort and happiness yeah, and being at home. for sure. Um, and being in, in that area. So I think, you know, it's been really great for brands uh, such as Udi and lots of other fashion retailers to capitalise on loungewear and offer this amazing product at home. Um, so I still hope that doesn't disappear. I mean, and, and for going back to the brand Udi, I think they've, what they've done is fantastic and a lot of uh, uh, kind of other brands have kind of jumped on the on the bandwagon and made kind of cheaper alternatives but it's interesting now because they're doing lots of licensed product mm. so I, don't, I do think Udi in particular are because here they to probably, stay I don't know though because when you think about Udi Udi however you want to call it is it just a phase when you think about it we had was it the slanket we had the mermaid tail oh, the mermaid we now tail. have these weighted blankets yeah. that are and meant onesies. to help with anxiety where did onesies, onesies go exactly so is this whole oody thing just another fad I mean I really really hope not because I've now got two and one of them is a <laughs> Harry Potter Hufflepuff one <laughs> oh my god so the yeah I mean I really would like a Slytherin one as well I'm, I'm we'll gonna see. vote I'm gonna vote fad but <gasps> but I love a fad. I'll buy into anything that's advertised to me. I'm I'm terrible. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's me. I'm that person. I'm a marketing person. I'm a marketing dream. Yeah, you really are. You really are. I love it. Well, we'll see. I'll have to let you know next winter if I'm still wearing it or whether it will be uh, on the eBay pile. Well, you're not going to wear it over the summer, so you've only got a couple of months left. And then are you going to bring it back out next winter or are you going to find something else? Yeah, the new alternative. Yeah, exactly. Be Mm. interesting. Be very interesting. So that is our uh, like to know this week. And actually, we'll be interested in the coming weeks. We've actually got a guest on um, from Lounge. Um, So, yes, yes. the CEO of Lounge Underwear. Um, so which will be fantastic. So maybe we can ask him a few questions about what that he thinks is the future of uh, loungewear. Yeah, so we've got some incredible guests over the next couple of months. So please, please stay tuned. We've got Holly Race, who is the brand and content manager for In The Style. We've got Andrew Riley, who's the CEO of Style Birmingham. As we said, we've got Dan Marston um, from Loungewear. We've got the lovely Naomi Rowland, who is the owner of The Hippie Shake, and loads, loads more to come. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for listening to us ramble on about fashion. Make sure you join us next week. We have some fantastic guests already lined up for you. We have the CEOs of Lounge Underwear, Birmingham-based brand. We can't wait to uh, have a good chat with Dan and Melanie all about their brand. And we're going to be talking all things influencer marketing. See you next time. Bye. Please don't forget you can listen to this episode and lots of other Brum Radio podcasts on the Brum Radio podcast channel at brumradio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you've enjoyed this podcast today, don't forget to rate and review us. We would really love your support and feedback. Also make sure you subscribe or follow us so the next episode of The Fashademics gets to you automatically. You can also find us on Instagram at Fashademics.
mic selfies. <laughs> my neck looks really nice. Oh my head, pet my little thing's a bit wonky in it. <laughs> You're pathetic. You're pathetic, but I'm gonna copy you. Yeah! Oh, we're gonna do the lights today. Okay, so I'm gonna do it. What is this? The lights and no bit? Um, like two. Yeah, it is. The OG. So today, uh, oh my god, record. Oh, <laughs> yes, Pete. Yes, Pete. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.